Welcome to another episode of On My Last Neuron. My name is Dr. Karis Dillon, and I have spent the last 20 years studying the biology, neuroscience, and psychology of the human brain. This podcast has featured individuals with various mental illnesses, questions about celebrity mental health, as well as the latest information concerning the human brain and its evolution. Okay, so recently, okay, so not recently, it's been a long time, (laughs) I got this request from a listener, and I swear I've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And the question is, Dr. Dillon, why is heartbreak so painful? And I went, no, I don't want to discuss this. I've been putting it off because this question totally makes me vulnerable and can potentially put me in some psychological pain. But as I've learned in past therapy, we can either let our fear drive us, we can let our fear motivate us, or we can go and open up that driver's seat, sit down, decide how fast we'll go with the subject, decide which direction we wanna turn, And we can stop at any point when we need a break. No pun intended. Did you like that one? (laughs) So the question that I was asked was, Dr. Dillon, why is heartbreak so painful? Well, just to give you some personal information about myself, I want you to know that I went through a heartbreak many years ago that very much shut me down. Um, I stopped listening to any and all music for about 15 years because it brought up emotions in my heart that I couldn't deal with. I think the worst part of the breakup for me was that there was never a point where the two of us communicated with each other and said, hey, we are broken up now and that we both agreed to it. We just kept coming to each other and just couldn't fix things and I wanted one thing and uh, he wanted another thing and it was just really hard because when it came down to it we both wanted to be together but at the point at that time we couldn't so we had tremendous distance between us we were both really young and as time moved on, I started to recognize that I really needed to grow up and to deal with some of my trauma on my own. I think that I thought someone could come in and save me. And, you know, when I stood on my own two feet and I learned from that strength, I was able to to recognize that I would always carry the love of myself first before the love of somebody else. It was through this working with my own trauma that I recognized my own calling, which was psychology and neurology, and I worked hard to earn my PhD. I know I'm on this earth to lessen the taboos of mental illness, physical disabilities, and help open gateways to people who are scared of things like that. I feel stronger than ever and love working with people. I'm not so fond of people who are not ready to face their challenges or are hostile or are full of hate toward things. Those I don't even give my time or attention to unless I feel like I can make a difference. 
This doesn't mean that my beliefs are any better than anybody else's. I just like to spend my time I just like to spend my time educating, you know, creating tolerance, peace, activism, and social justice. So <clears throat> to be brutally honest with you, this is where my heart aches still to this day, and it aches the most. I miss the man who was all about those things. Um, I miss the man who had tremendous empathy, was full of fire and passion about social justice, who always gave a voice to the voiceless, who told historical stories somehow as if we'd gotten on a time machine and had just appeared at that exact time. Um, I laughed one too many times at his inebriated ramblings when I should have been mad at him, but I couldn't. I just adored him. We could literally do nothing while still doing everything, and I totally missed that person. I just greatly miss his ability to challenge me and to question me. And I really hope down the road that we can build a great friendship, but I guess time will tell because there's always stuff there, I guess. So now that we're all, all the way through that, I know I digress there, but so in order for me to explain heartbreak, I actually have to talk scientifically about love. Do you remember the first time you ever fell in love? It made you feel like you were walking on air or in the clouds. Well, in a study conducted by Lucy Brown, a neurologist, she used a, a functional magnetic imaging machine, an fMRI, to view the brain of people and ask them to look at pictures of people that they were in love with. When they did this, a beautiful flood of yellows, oranges, reds showed up on various portions of the brain. What was interesting about where these portions showed up was that they kind of flooded into the areas where dopamine secretes. If you don't, want, don't know what dopamine is, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that works on the reward system of the brain. When we are in love, we actually feel more motivated or catapulted toward our own goals. It's a high energy goal oriented emotional state to be in. Now what's interesting about it is that dopamine runs along the same neural pathway that nicotine and cocaine do. So you can draw your own conclusions there. When people break up, their brain is used to those hits of dopamine a reward system that keeps them feeling motivated and on cloud nine. What is especially difficult is that the longer you're with someone, the more neurons you have pruned to include that person in some way, whether through music, memory, color, shape, locations, smells, stores, concerts, etc. The brain is a very pattern organ, and when it's rewarded on a regular basis, it's used to receiving its reward. When there is a delay in that reward, alarm bells start to sound. Neurons that want the dopamine are like trained dogs that are still looking for the treats after the good behavior. Now, in addition to looking for dopamine and reward, the limbic system, which is our emotional center of the brain, starts to look for stimulus, starts to look for that enjoyment, 
And when it doesn't get it, all of a sudden the emotion starts to flood in. And then the frontal lobe attempts to logically reason with the emotions trying to soothe that heartbreak. Hey, I know this hurts. It'll get better each and every day. Or maybe he'll come back to me. Um, I Maybe I just need to wait a little longer. Or maybe she will come to the way that I understand things. So your rational portion, your frontal lobe, is really trying to walk you through that pain to lessen it as you go. When people are broken up and they see pictures of past lovers or people they really care about, the parts of the brain that were once in love still light up. But then the caution part of the rest of the brain, the frontal lobe, tries to stop the activity because it doesn't want psychological or physical pain. The lack of love from the person puts the brain back into a cycle of seeking dopamine, and when it doesn't get it, it withdraws from it, causing pain. Heartbreak is truly as painful, if not more painful, than withdrawing from certain drugs. Another study that explored heartbreak used an fMRI on subjects who touched a hot probe and those that looked at a picture of their ex-partner mentally living a particular piece of that rejection with that person. What was strange about it was that physical pain that they felt from that hot probe was the same and came from the same location as what the feeling of rejection came from when they looked at that picture. So physical pain and the pain of social rejection are located in the exact same areas of the brain. This is why the pain of heartache must be addressed. And for those that are going through it, they have to have a support system as they work through their feelings. Now, before we end our discussion here, one more important part is missing in regards to heartbreak. Through the last many years, evolutionary psychologists and neurologists have noted a different sort of pain in the brain known as social pain. As the pandemic has taught us, our social connection to each other is important, and threats to that loss of social connection can cause social pain. When we lived in hunting and gathering groups, each and every single one of us was necessary. And to lose one person out of the group can mean danger for our own existence. Some of the pain we might feel during heartbreak go back to our ancestors and our need to depend upon each other because there was safety in numbers. I really hate the old saying that pain is good because it teaches us something. It teaches us that we are alive. For some, it helps us to refocus, reflect, learn about what brings light into our lives, allows us to let go of the negativity and move on in certain circumstances in which two people are not flexibly helping each other to move forward. If there is one thing that I know from studying heartbreak and the role of community and healing is that bottling up emotions or trying to hide them will only hurt you. I've been doing some extra research for a friend of mine on secrets and what they do to the physical body and the brain. Even the secrets you hold within yourself can make you sick if you don't have at least one person to share them with. Sometimes I wonder if heartbreak and how society has deemed that we're supposed to deal with it is from the wrong point of view. 
If we are all one consciousness, wouldn't it just be easier to keep loving that one person even if we weren't with them? I'm not saying stalk the person, <laughs> but to just wish them well in our prayers or daydreams. It sure feels so much better than becoming angry in the body and trying to get over something you may never get over. Science has shown us that love is the equivalent of a painkiller because it activates parts of the brain that stimulate cocaine and morphine. If that's the case, I think I will try to fall in love more often. So with that, I hope that heartbreak doesn't seem as intimidating as it always seems to when we're going through it. Having a good friend to talk to about what you're going through, wishing your ex well instead of holding in anger or resentment, as well as just maybe communication for why things fell apart later on in, in years to come might help with some of that heartache. Who knows? I just feel like with all the hurt and the heartache and the hatred in the world right now, if we can sometimes make those steps to move forward and to heal wounds, that is going to help us to move forward in our own lives and to bring kindness to others. With that, I hope that you enjoyed this shorter version or the shorter question and answer. If you do have any questions or comments, you can go to the app and you can actually leave me a voicemail um, or you can text in the box too if you'd like to get a hold of me and I will make sure I look at those on a more timely basis. I hope everyone is doing well in the world and sleep well if you're sleeping and have a bright and beautiful day if you're awake. Good night.